Isaiah 40 is, is, a, is, a, is a powerful, powerful scripture. And as you're turning there, I'm gonna, I want us to look at it through two lenses today. One of them is through the lens of spiritual maturity, how we as believers grow in the things of God. The great theologian, Jerry Seinfeld, talked about growing up. I'm, I'm glad that landed this early in the morning. You never know. You just never know. When he talked about growing up, he said, when you're young, everything is up. It's wait up, sit up, straighten up, shut up. But when you get older, everything is down. Slow down, sit down, calm down, (laughs) turn that down, right? And sometimes we as believers, as, as we grow in the things of the Lord, sometimes maturity and growing just keep it real, it's not always what we thought it would be. And I'm saying this this morning, especially if you're a new believer and, and maybe you said yes to the Lord and it seemed like you said yes to the Lord and things got difficult. It seems like you're being challenged more. Uh, I think that's part of the process and I believe God's word has a lot to say about that. Isaiah 40, God speaks through the prophet to God's people who would be experiencing Exile. They would be wondering if God had forgotten about them, and the exile was a result of their own mistakes, their own, uh, their own uh, sin, turning their back on the Lord. And I love it because Isaiah 40, if you read it just in a kind of in a, in a, in a, in a vacuum, man, it just seems so encouraging. But when you look at the overall context, it makes it that much more encouraging. God was speaking to people who would endure punishment because of their decisions, consequences because of... And through that, he speaks hope and encouragement. And I think that's incredible here today because you may be in trouble, you may be in sin, but you serve a God who's not against you. And you may be going through it and suffering the consequences, but we serve a God of hope. Can I have an amen? So God speaks to the prophet and he says this, verse 28. I'm using this morning the English Standard Version. He says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, who, do, who does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. That, that word weary means, means just like, like he, he runs out of strength. Or let me say it this way. Let me, that makes me a little more understandable. Like, like he runs out of gas. You ever just run out of gas? <laughs> Five o'clock, anybody shut down at five o'clock. You're like, I'm done. That's not God. He doesn't, he doesn't run out, okay? And scripture goes on to say this. He gives power to the faint. He, and in him has no might. He who has no might, he increases strength. Even you shall faint and be weary. This, that's, a, that's, a, that's another interesting f- phrase right there. That, that word, particular word for weary, means those who grow weak because life is hard. His life ever been hard? And, and it zaps us of our strength. It says, young men shall fall exhausted, but they, and here we go, verse 31 is where we're going to camp out today. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Those of you that were raised in church, there's probably a, a soundtrack that's playing in your head right now. They that wait upon the Lord 
Shall we? Jen and I were in the kitchen yesterday and I started singing that and she started singing back to me. Funny part about it is we are not singers, but we, how didn't we, babe? All right. The dog's looking at us with his head twisted, you know. Okay, let the soundtrack play. Here we go. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. Let's pray. Father, for the next few minutes, Lord, we have just opened your alive and active word. Lord, as you spoke to the exiles so many years ago and bringing them hope in the midst of captivity and pain, Lord, this morning I know that you want to bring that same hope. And some of us, Lord, as we're, we're growing and maturing in you, we, we are still going through it. And, and Lord, I ask in Jesus' name, I pray for clarity and peace this morning. Your name we pray and the Woodlake family said, amen. They that wait, everybody say Anybody struggle with that waiting thing? I would love to tell you that your pastor is patient. I am not. And if you think, well, pastor, no, I'm impatient. I can assure you, I can beat you, all right? They that, that wait, that word in the Hebrew is a, is, is a weighty word. It means not just waiting like you're watching the clock. It means waiting with hope-filled expectancy, meaning this, that when I wait, I can expect God to do something. So I'm not, this isn't like, a, let me say it this way. I, I'm not knocking on wood hoping God's going to do something. In fact, let's keep it real. Some of us are here today, and that's where we're at in our walk with the Lord. We're waiting for the breakthrough. We're waiting for the healing. We're waiting for the answer. We're waiting for the open door. We're waiting for the relationship. We're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting, and maybe you're about to give up hope, and that word in the original language says, no, you're not simply knocking on wood. Is going to show up and do something. Your waiting will come to fruition. God will answer, Amen. We can expect it. Then he says, renew. They shall renew their strength. I love that phrase. They shall renew their strength. You ever just get weak? If you're new to the Lord today, if you're watching online, listen to me. There will come seasons in your walk with the Lord, you're just going to feel weak. And, and, and some of us, especially if you had a, a life before Christ, there are these tendencies and temptations to go, well, why don't I just go back to what I know? But scripture says that they that wait shall renew their strength. That, that word in the original language brings with it this idea of putting on a fresh set of clothes. Your clothes after you've been uh, let, let me let me say it this way this uh many of you know i'm a deer hunter i've a, my parents have accused me they live on a ranch they've accused me of being a great son from october 1st to january 15th i'm 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 all there with them and um but post january 15th my dad's like son maybe it's time to instead of deer hunting you need to come up and, and work and so so this last week i did that and so my dad one of his favorite things to do on our property is to pick up rocks. Anybody ever pick up rocks before? You may not know this, but rocks have babies. They multiply. Either that or my dad is 
gone to Lowe's and, and found some seeds, rock seeds, because they're everywhere. And I'm one of these people, I hate picking up rocks, but I'm going to do it. Why? Because I'm a good son, right? So my dad's in the big tractor with the big bucket on the front, and we drive, and I'm picking up rocks and this sort of thing. We're getting in the stickers and the briars. It's beautiful weather on Friday. I'm sweating to death. I'm, I'm dirty. Um, I'm at the age, too, that when I don't lift with my legs, let me just, let's just keep it real. I'm at the age, it doesn't matter what I lift with. I wake up the next morning and I'm questioning everything. Right? But we get back to the house and driving back to Tulsa, it's about an hour and a half drive. Uh, I, like to, I like to get clean. I mean, I'll go in there and crank on the hot shower, clean up, put on a fresh set of clothes, and it's almost like your strength comes back a little bit, right? Just feels good. They that wait upon the Lord, there's going to be this fresh clothing. Can I have an amen? I want to encourage you here today. If you are in a season of waiting, there is a refreshing that we can experience in the Lord. And if you're about to let go, if you're about to check out, I want to encourage you, don't do it. They that wait, they that wait, hope filled, expectant, waiting because God's word said he's going to move on our behalf. We can expect him to do so. And in the process, there's going to be this fresh clothing, a refreshing. If you're taking notes today, I, I just want to, I just want to pull just a couple of uh, a concepts out of here. And I use this word often, but let me unpack it. In fact, write this down if you're taking notes here. A breakthrough is inevitable. I almost changed that phrase, a breakout is inevitable. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Now, it's going to seem like your pastor's going to preach here for just a moment. I'm going to because this, I should have put this at the end, but that would not be walking through the scriptures correctly, okay? So bear with me. They shall mount with wings as eagles. That's not accidental language that God is speaking through the prophet Isaiah. You'll find that language uh, all throughout the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, especially in the book of Exodus, this idea of mounting up. If you're familiar with the book of Exodus, God's people were in captivity in Egypt and God broke them out. Can I have an amen? They, in essence, mounted up out of there. When they left Egypt and went into the promised land, they, they, they mounted up. So this is Exodus language. Does that make sense? And if we look at it through that lens, Exodus, when God's people came up out of Egypt, Egypt spiritually represented sin and death. Does that make sense? Oh, now you can feel me, feel me coming, don't you? Here we go. Represented sin and death. And after that, God intervened while they were in captivity in Egypt with this. It was time for them to go and there was all the plagues and Pharaoh said no and all this other stuff. And then there was the, the blood of the lamb placed on the doorpost, which is a picture of Jesus, the spotless lamb of God. When his blood is applied to our lives, we cross over from death unto life. Amen. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They, they rise above the chaos. They rise above sin. They rise above death. Folks, there is coming a day where we're going to mount up out of this place. Amen. Mount up. Amen. 
Listen to me. Uh, uh, look, look at look at, in Thessalonians. It, it says this that the trump of God, a trumpet call of God, is going to sound, and the dead in Christ shall ride first. Those of us who are, are still alive and left will be caught up together with Him in the air, and so we shall be with the Lord forever. There is coming a day where we're going to mount up out of this place. But let's pause for just a moment. Do you? up out of sin and death in your life when you were in the grips of, uh, of shame and guilt, maybe addiction, uh, you were dying and on your way to hell, but you had a radical encounter with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. You applied the blood of Jesus to you. I'm getting my preach on. Come on, somebody. You applied the blood of Jesus to your life and you mounted up out of sin and death. They shall mount up. Folks, we live in this state of mounted up. John 5, 24, Jesus said it very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death unto life. Children of Israel crossed over out of Egypt. They crossed the Jordan. They crossed the Red Sea. There's this crossing over, and you and I, when we said yes to Jesus, we crossed over from death into life. Here's the next thing I want you to get. Not only is breakthrough inevitable, but endurance is possible. Some of you may be in this place today where you just, you're just out of gas when it comes to your walk with the Lord. You're wondering, am, am, am I going to make it? I, I, I don't know if I, can, if I can still do it. In the year 20, the school year, 2012, 2013, something amazing happened, and I, I wish they would have done it when I was in school, but they did away with this sadistic thing called the presidential fitness test. How many of you remember, like shuttle runs and bent arm hangs and pull-ups and all this stuff? If you were like me, I could do like everything except like one thing. Pull-ups. I can't do pull-ups. This is confession time, right? Pull-ups. And so I would, I would do great on everything. But the, the, the said quota of, of, of pull-ups, and therefore, if you couldn't do that one thing, you were a failure, right? And at the end of the year, when they were announcing all the presidential fitness people and people that weren't, you know, they just got, because I can do pull-ups. I don't care. I wave. I'm light as a feather. And those people are going like this, right, all day long. And uh, Jamie, your name's not on the list. That's fine. There you go. Um, endurance. It was a test of endurance in 2012 and 2013 school year. They did away with it. In fact, one, one PE teacher said this, we knew who was going to be last and we were embarrassing them. And you may be here today and you are struggling with this walk with the Lord and, and maybe endurance and you, you're feeling embarrassed because, because you come into a worship service and, and as a, don't you love our worship team? Aren't, hey, can I tell you something? Our worship team, they are the real deal. You think, well, they perform well. They, performance is not even in their vocabulary. They are in here early in the morning praying, serving and, and worshiping the Lord. They, they are in the presence of Lord, the Lord long before you get here. Okay, give them a huge round of applause because they're here bright and early, I can assure you. 
But maybe when it comes to worship, it feels like it's hard to worship, it's hard to give, it's hard to serve, and you're, you're, you're running out of endurance, and you, maybe you're embarrassed to even, 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 even be honest about it. I, I just want to encourage you, endurance is possible with the Lord. Scripture says that they will run and not be weary. This idea of running is a, is a, um, is, is a runner in a competition, like an athletic event. It implies a, a, a rushing. This word weary, in fact, this passage of scripture uses the word weary in the English. They look like the same word. They're not the same word, but this word weary doesn't mean just it also means emotional. That I can grow weary in my emotions. And so run and not grow weary brings this idea with it that there is supernatural endurance to live for the Lord. The writer of Hebrews says this in Hebrews 12, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Then he goes on to say this, and I love this, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author or pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Now, it seems like I'm going to transition to the last thought pretty quick, but, but I'm going somewhere with this. If you're here today and you, and you think I'm about to wear out physically or emotionally, I just, I, I'm absolutely drained. I want to encourage you. He is our source of supernatural endurance. Get through this difficult season. Come on, somebody. You can get through the trials. You can get through the temptations. Why? Because he's going to help us. Now, here's where it's, it's, here's where it's difficult. If you're a, a Pentecostal, we're a Pentecostal church. Aren't you glad to be at a spirit-filled church? Amen? But, but running is exciting. And, and Pentecostals, many times, man, we come out of a worship service, man, where it was, it was loud, man, we were able to get our worship on. There was, there was a message in tongues, interpretation, prophecy, words of knowledge. There, there, <clears throat> all these things are, are, are really exciting. And I, I don't know about you, um, we can get in danger, especially those of you that are, that are more charismatic or Pentecostal like your pastor. Sometimes we can get in the danger of saying, well, we had a good service if, and you fill in the blank, right? How many of you know that blank is different for a lot of people? If they played my song and I felt the goosebumps, right? Me. It was, I, we, we all on feet. And these things aren't bad, but, but here's the deal. I, I think those are more like running. Uh, when I got saved, man, I tell you, I was on cloud nine, right? When I got saved, every scripture spoke to me, every sermon spoke to me, every worship service was powerful. I was, I, I was feeling it all the time. But what happens when the feeling, they, feelings, they, they, they lessen? You know, I like it because you know, it feels like I'm running, right? I'm witnessing, I'm sharing my faith, I'm, 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 I'm giving, and I'm seeing the Lord be true to his word and, and, and all these things. And those things are exciting. And we love to run as believers, but the only time I fall is when I run. I was, I was um, this has been some time ago, but I was, I was jogging. There's a jogging trail out behind our house and for bike riders certain times of the year, right? And um, 
I'm typically jogging and I'm kind of in my own little world. And you hear typically if they're in a group, they'll say, on your left, right? And they go, they go past you, that sort of thing. And um, I was jogging one day and just in my own little world and out of nowhere, on your left, scared the living daylights out of me. Okay. And I trip and fall. And it wasn't like a, how many of you like, if you're like me, if you fall, it's never like a little fall. I mean, it's like, do you remember the show Chips? Anybody old enough remember that? California Highway Patrol. You remember there'd be like some little, little fender bender and there was an explosion. I mean, that's how it happens when I run. It could be something little. Man, I'm falling ahead of bloody. And I come back to the house and Jen's like, what? happen to you? I was just, I was just running. <laughs> Listen to me. And I'm really speaking to, to Pentecostal people because I, I think sometimes, because uh, let's keep it real, we're the ones that are on TV. And the people that are on TV, uh, we admire them, but when they fall, they fall hard. Is anybody tracking with me here today? Running is where we get in trouble. It's not, I'm not saying it's bad, but it's where we get in trouble. They shall run and not grow weary. There are seasons where there's going to be running in our walk with the Lord. Isaiah is speaking, God speaking through the prophet Isaiah were to a group of people who were going to need endurance to get through the season of exile. And, and let's, let's be more biblically, theologically correct right now. Some of you are in a season right now that's difficult. Maybe it's, it's a season of consequence. Maybe it's just a season of trust. Lord, you're going to keep your word. You're going to come through for me. I want to encourage you. Scripture is clear. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Well, Jamie, I don't know. I can't pray another prayer. I can't worship. I can't read my Bible. Listen, you keep going. There's, there's endurance, supernatural endurance. But, but here's the deal. Running is exciting. It's exciting. But here's the kicker that I want us to get, Woodlake family. When we walk, we win. The Christian life is a walk. It says they shall walk and not faint. Have you ever wondered if this Jesus thing, I'm getting very transparent here today, so I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. You've ever wondered if this is a waste of time? This means to just exhaust oneself fruitlessly. Is this really worth it? You see, when we walk this thing out, it's not glamorous. That's how this Jesus thing is supposed to be. In fact, Paul says this in Galatians 5, 16. He's talking about ultimately the fruit of the spirit, but he says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of your flesh. That word walk in the Greek, uh, and it doesn't mean just walk, it means to live. It means a continuity of action. Paul says this, our source to walk is the Holy Spirit of God. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Spirit of God? Second Corinthians 3.17, Paul begins to break it down even more. And, and he says this, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I'm going to pause there for just a moment. That's one thing. 
services, whether it's Sunday morning, whether it's a Bible study, whether it's a Sunday school class, whether it's Wednesday night prayer service, whether it's our youth service, Holy Spirit, I pray, have your way. Holy Spirit, we invite you in. In fact, Woodlake family members, I, I want to challenge you. When you come into worship, one of the first things we need to be doing is welcoming the Holy Spirit of God into this service. Amen? Lord, this is your service. Have your way. In fact, I'm going to give you a homework assignment. Before worship starts on your way to church, begin to pray. Holy Spirit, have your way. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen? And we need to be freed from sin, free from guilt, free from shame, free from ourselves. Come on, somebody. Then he goes on to say this. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, listen to this, are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is would agree with me here today that the power to walk this thing out is not just simply being in shape spiritually, but it's relying on the Holy Spirit of God. So what does walking look like for a believer? It may be real simple. It may be, it may be just um, reading your Bible, praying, Coming to church, uh, listen, I'm going to be real bold, and if you're watching online today, this is no jab, but, but I, w- I want you to listen to me here today. There's this popular thought that says, well, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You can't, go to, you can't stay away from church and be a healthy Christian. God ordained the church. So whether you go to a big church, small church, home church, cell church, listen to me, God ordained the church to help us grow in him church is biblical. Pastor, I don't like this church. Then go find one you like. Maybe it's repeatedly saying no to the flesh. Maybe it's serving. Maybe it's just simply getting your family up and saying, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It's not about perfection. It's about walking. None of those things that I mentioned uh, sound exciting, do they? In fact, have you ever, do you know there's a sport called speed walking? Have you ever seen that? I love walking the... YouTube it. It's hilarious. What am I trying to say? Walking doesn't sound cool. And people that try to make it look cool just make it look weird. I think that's the same way in our walk with the Lord. Well, so what? I'm in church. Good job. Keep walking. Well, pastor, I gave to bridge builders. Good job. Keep walking. Got involved and I was a prayer partner. I worked and keep walking. Amen. Amen. Pastor, you know, this week I normally I would get a fight, get in a fight with my spouse, but the Holy Spirit helped me. I, I kept my mouth shut. Hallelujah. Keep walking. Keep your mouth shut, right? It doesn't look glamorous. But that's how this thing is lived out. Oh, we all love to soar like an eagle. We all like to run, but but walking is how we grow. And mature. Woodlake, may we be a people who do our best to walk well. For the sake of our kids, for the sake of our spouse, for the sake of our co-workers, let's, let's learn to walk this thing out. Now, for some of us, maybe there's some light bulbs that have gone off. Oh, well, I thought maturity 
was when I get to do all the cool stuff, do all the, the, the soaring and the running. I think maturity is when we learn to just... According to medical authorities, walking is one of the most profitable physical exercises there is. Did you know that the average pair of feet will take 7,000 to 8,000 steps a day unless you're my mom trying to get her 10,000 steps in? About two and one half million steps a year makes you tired, doesn't it? That means that in a lifetime, you will walk approximately 115,000 miles. Walking, when it comes to the things of God, is how it's done. Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, talked about Enoch. He was suddenly not there. He was taken away. But listen to this. Genesis 5, 24 said, he walked with God. I love how the New Living Translation says, it says, walking in close fellowship with God. Can I encourage you, Woodlake family, this week, you may not feel like you're an over... You may feel like you're about to, to lose it. You may feel like you are out of gas. It's not just about soaring. It's not just about running. But Woodlake family, I want to encourage you, even if this week is simply a walk, good job. Keep walking in close fellowship with the Lord. I'll leave you with this. There was a, there was a trapeze artist group that started in the, the 20s and, and even ran through the 70s known as the Great Walendas. They, they, were, they were a family that um, they, they would walk tight wires, many times uh, hundreds of feet up with, with no net at all. They became famous. They, they were the type of people that went across Niagara Falls. In fact, they were quoted as one time just saying, why would you not? It's so beautiful. Why would you not want to cross... I thought, I can think of a million reasons why. <laughs> the originator of the group was, was a man by the name of Carl Walenda, and he kept pushing the envelope and pushing the envelope. People uh, just, just couldn't believe the, the feats he was accomplishing. And in the late 70s, he was going to be in Puerto Rico and walk between two high-rises on a wire. They knew it was going to be very windy and... Um, there was a podcast release that, that talked about how he prepared for this. And he, he, would, um, he would walk on a wire and would have airboats that would blow their fans on him. So he would get used to, uh, the people would spray him with water to try to distract him. So he was, he was, he was prepared. But in the late 70s, when he attempted this feat, ultimately, he fell to his death. when they interviewed his wife this is what he said or what she said all Carl thought about for three straight months prior to this was falling he put all his energy into not falling and not in walking the tightrope I want you to listen to me some of us are here today and we're exhausted because we're trying so hard to not click on that website or not take that drink 
or not go to this place or not say those words or, or not do this or not do that. And, and we're wearing ourselves out and we're thinking, what's the point? Am I even going to make it? Could it be that instead of focusing on not falling or not failing, we need to focus on our walk in which God is empowering? Focus on the walk. It doesn't family. But it's how this thing is done. Can I invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes all across this place? If you're uh, with us here today, and maybe you'd be just honest and say, man, I, I'm in a tough spot. I'm I, like, like God's people in Isaiah 40. I, I'm going through it. And, and listen, maybe like God's people in that context, you're going through it and it's really all your fault. You're suffering the consequences of bad decisions. You're, 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 you're suffering the consequences of, of really not having a life surrendered to the Lord. And if that's you here today, you'd say, pastor, that's me. I'm not, I'm here. I, I'm not right with God. I, I want to give you the opportunity to, to be right with God. So if that's you here, today, I, I say this every week, God loves you and there is nothing you can do about it. The word says that God loved us so much he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to pay the penalty for all of our sins. That's a spotless lamb thing. His blood was applied when he died. I love how the apostle Paul says that anyone whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not a matter of just being a good person. We, we need to be saved. And if you're here today and that's you, I, the reason why I want to just kind of be real direct with you is simply this. I love that passage in Romans, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You already have your answer when you come to the Lord. He sits in a position of yes. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not right with God. I need to leave here today saved and forgiven and a child of God. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Hold it for just a moment. We will all pray. If you're watching online, you let us know. Pastor Dennis is right there ready to pray with you. You say, Pastor, that's me. I need to say yes to the Lord. Here we go. One, two, three. That's me. Raise that hand this morning. Anybody in the house today? Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite everyone to simply I mean, if you're saying yes to the Lord here today, we simply call this the prayer of faith. Let me lead you in this today. And if you're saying yes to the Lord, don't leave today without telling somebody. Everyone pray it. Dear Jesus, come on, say it. Dear Jesus, you are the Son of God. You died for me, for my sin, in my place. Come into my life. Forgive me and make me new. And from this day forward, with your help, I'm all yours. In your name I pray, amen.